Welcome back to the program. Just in case you thought for a moment that COVID was done with us, I just tell you this personally, this just popped up into my email. Bang. There is a COVID positive case in my son's school. Now, fortunately, he's not in the class with the positive case, so he doesn't have to come home and self-isolate. But it just, again, shows you that it's still out there. And my son's school is not the only one that's happening at schools all around the province right now. And we have a lot of concerns about that. And the thing we need to do more than anything is we need to keep schools open. That is the number one thing. I think again and again I go over it. It starts and ends with schools being open. Everything else is secondary to it. That's just my belief, and maybe that's my, maybe that's my angle because I got two kids in the system. Maybe that's that's why. Now the Ontario government is apparently considering legislation that would make remote learning, which those kids in that class in my son's school are going to have to do for the next little while. But the Ontario government is considering making that a permanent part of the public school system. This, according to a confidential ministry document. That document has been obtained by the Globe and Mail, and the reporter who got it and broke the story is Caroline Alfonso, and she's on the line. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Alan. I'm so sorry to hear about the case at your school. I live it's, in dread yet, getting uh, emails like that. Yeah, it, and, and, and my... My eldest uh, in the high school, they're doing a, a complete sweep with asymptomatic testing at that school today. And so we're all crossing our fingers that that doesn't come back with a bunch of positives, too. And I think yeah. so many parents are just sort of on tenderhooks right now. Definitely. I mean, I am a parent, too, as you know, and we've had a case at our school and the kids were home for a couple of weeks. And so, yeah, every time there's an email from our school Principal or vice principal, I just I, mm. I just live in dread. <laughs> I know. Every time, every time the you got mail goes off, it's it's always <laughs> totally. a worrisome. All right, what is in this memo, uh, and what does it mean for going forward for the school system, Caroline? So it, you know, for the school system, it's a significant change to public education. That's what it, in some means. But this memo was shared with unions and school board admin and trustees associations in a meeting earlier this week where the government is basically proposing legislation that would make remote learning a fixture in the public education system. Um, So there would be the option that school boards would have to offer. I mean, Alan, a part of us always knew that this may come to be. Um, This government, as you know, in the olden days, before the world came to an end, had (laughs) negotiated with the high school teachers union in their deal that secondary school students, high school students, would have to take two online elective courses. Um, So we knew sort of this was bubbling under the surface, so to speak. It's so funny when you think back to that, Caroline, to the to the before times and the, <laughs> the hue and the cry over that and the unions is just this was going to be the end of education as we know it. And then here yeah. we are a year later, and clearly that's not the case. Well, it's taken it's taken a back seat, right? But it is the case now. It's it's coming to like what was probably a large matter back then that seems small now is now becoming something that's offered right across that could be offered right across the system. And 
you know, it, there are concerns around it uh, that, you know, people have expressed. And one of those concerns, particularly in high school, is that high school students would have the option, according to this document, they would have, have the option of taking an online course through their school board, like the TDSB, or they would have the option of taking a course through an independent learning center that where courses would be offered by TVO mm. or TFO for French language students. And school boards would have to take money out of their what they receive from the province, part of their funding, and give it to TFO or TVO. Wow. So there is this there is this sort of concern right now that is quite legit about the privatization of public education um, and what that could mean for the system going forward. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't realized that, 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 that is really interesting about that TVO TFO that mm-hmm. actually that had a budgetary, I didn't realize, I knew that they were looking to put some of that learning there, but it has a budgetary implication for the school boards. And furthermore, but, the document also talked about a global development strategy where TVO and TFO would be able to, offer these online courses to out-of-province students for a fee, but school boards wouldn't be able to do so, which is interesting to me. That, okay, so so that's almost trying to bring in a kind of a foreign student element to our online learning? That seems interesting. Well, you know, right now in the system, whether it's post-secondary or K-12, there are international students that, sure. you know, attend school in Toronto and elsewhere. But this would this would take it out of the school board's hands, Right, and an online component, and put it into the TVO TFO hands. Okay, Caroline, let's talk about what this yeah. isn't, because I've I've seen a lot of chatter, sort of, you know, that has come out from your story, and I think there's a belief here that that part of what the proposal is is that we would make a mandatory section of online learning for you know going forward out of the pandemic that you know, that kids would be forced to be online learners. Um, But that's not the case, if I understand. That that is not the case. This would be an option. This would be a choice um, that would be offered to students. It would not be mandatory. So kind of like what it is this year, right? We have Mm. 20% of students in elementary and secondary that are learning online currently. Now, you know, things will change. And I know I've spoken with parents who are anxious to get their kids back into those bricks and mortar classrooms as soon as this is all over and everybody's vaccinated and we're all happy again and hugging. But in the meantime, you know, there is a portion of parents, a portion of families that do enjoy this online environment and do like the option of having online learning. And so it would be a choice. It would not be a mandatory thing. Hmm. Speaking with Caroline Alfonso, education reporter with Globe and Mail, one of the other interesting things that uh, you got in this uh, document was, and, and this stood out to me, was that there would no longer be uh, snow days. You know, there might be a right. snow day in terms of when the kids actually stayed home, but in in that case, we'd just flip on the laptops and online learning would commence. That's true. And can you hear the cries everywhere, Alan? I think I can. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The thing is, what happened right now during this pandemic, I mean, we're in spring now, but in the winter, a number of boards did decide that um, there would be no snow days. So if kids were sent home because buses were canceled and, you know, heavy snowfall, kids would learn online. But this would become part of the fixture. This would be a significant shift that everybody would move online um, if there is a school closure for any particular reason, including snow days. Hmm which I think would make some families or many parents quite happy, right, on the other end of the spectrum? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a hundred percent behind it. No, <laughs> no, it's not going to be popular with my kids, but I, it's like snow day. What? Well, it's not a day off, you know. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. doesn't make sense. Caroline, uh, can I just get your, um, your take on the budget? Yesterday, there were a, a number of things announced about investments in schools, and then, of course, on the other side, the opposition is saying, "Wow, it's, it's not what the government says it is." Can you cut through that spin for me at all? Yeah, there was not much mentioned in education about education in the budget. The one notable thing was uh, alluding to the remote learning technology, and there was some money set aside over two years for that to make it sort of a seamless system, which said through COVID and, you know, sort of, um, it said, and in the future, whichever, whatever that means, and you can take from it what you want. But, you know, there was not much uh, mentioned above what is typically education funding, which is grants for student needs and a number of things. Stephen Lecce did speak just a few, about a half an hour ago, and he said there would be some announcements coming, some more funding coming. I'm not exactly sure what that entails, um, but there wasn't much in the budget overall for education. There was money for uh, broadband, and the government is saying that, well, that this is related to education, it's related to our online learning. That's right. That was the $40 million. I'm uh, Alan, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, over two years for mm-hmm. broadband and remote learning technology. That's what they called it. Um, and that would sort of be over a couple of years for COVID-related costs to move kids online to make sure, you know, the Internet was working properly for a number of school boards. Um, but that was the extent of it, hmm. from what I could tell. Yeah. And forty million, although it sounds like a lot of money, when it, when we start talking about internet backbone and broadband and all that, that doesn't go and very if you far. Think, and even if you think of all the equipment that students have taken home and used over this past year, whether you know they're learning remotely or they've been back and forth, a lot of that there's a lot of wear and tear on all that technology right now. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good point, Caroline. Always great to have you on. Please take care. Thanks, Alan. You too. Take care. Bye. That is Caroline Alfonso, who is education reporter for the Globe and Mail and a regular contributor to the Alan Carter radio program. Always great to have her on. What do you make of that? I want to take the spin out of that. Uh, I heard some commentary earlier about, you know, this is we shouldn't do this to kids and they need to learn in person and it doesn't make sense and all the rest of that. I just want to make sure you get that in perspective, that, that what the government is talking about here is not saying is not saying, well, kids are just going to learn remotely from here on in. Thank you and good night. That's <clears throat> that's not true. It is just that they're going to offer a portion of um, a portion of your learning for online that you can still opt for online. But it will be interesting. It will be interesting. Did you, did you hear? I think the, the most interesting part of that is this whole TVO thing and the budget and the money coming out. Money coming out of school boards and going to TVO for some kind of remote learning that you would, you know, either access online through their web portal or actually watch on television. And school boards are not going to be happy about that. So keep your eye on that.